You're about to listen to Tadpog. Tyler and Dave play old games. It's a comedy video game podcast. We would like to stress that the hosts are not experts and are really just very crass commentators. Seriously, this is an explicit podcast that happens to talk about video games sometimes. So please enjoy this pretty okay podcast with Tyler and Dave. Hello, Internet. Just uh, welcome. We we three here bid you welcome. Sit a while and listen. No, don't even, don't get anyone's <laughs> hopes up. We are not talking about Diablo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, Tapok. Yeah, just uh, it's a show. Uh, I saw Dave play old games. Yeah, so we playing playing some old games. Yeah, you came prepped with this intro. I yeah, could I did. See. I yeah. did. Ready it's to been roll. A, it's been a weird day. Yeah, it's been a weird day. So I, I am further complicating the day with uh, Sprite Zero, Cranberry Juice, and uh, Vanilla Crown. So Sounds like you're fixing the day. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. <laughs> so uh, what we do here, yeah. we make a little podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done a lot of retro video games, and now we've stumbled upon like bringing it back home. Yeah. We're going to play through. It started Super Nintendo, yeah. and now we're going to finish. All the Super Nintendo games, doing it all. And, it's gonna take us a long time. And through this, we have we have channeled the god, mm. the randomizer. All hail the randomizer! All hail the, all randomizer, hail the randomizer! Who will help navigate us? Give us a perfect path mm-hmm. through the Super Nintendo. The randomizer works in mysterious ways. Very mysterious ways. <laughs> it it is unknowable. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is unknowable. As has been, it's evidenced by twice now, Tyler. You've mentioned. Before we got before the randomizer boon gave us the boon that is pro sport hockey. Mm-hmm. You made a hockey reference, mm-hmm. and then so it came to be. And on the last episode, you mentioned Step Dadaroth, aka Sandwich Pope Phil. And the randomizer bestowed us with Might and Magic Three, which made both you and I think of because we knew immediately Sandwich Pope Phil. So we. Go ahead, Phil. What's even more bizarre was when you guys were recording this, I was I had sent Tyler, I had sent you a message saying, Hey, we haven't we don't get a chance to hang out very much as a result of being two thousand miles away. Mm-hmm. I'd it. love to be on the show more. Um can I send you some some games that I have that I'd be on the show for? And while that was going on, that's when you the randomizer had randomly picked out a game that I happen to own, which is is for for what this game is, Might and Magic Three Isles of Terra, that is a bizarre ass coincidence. Which <laughs> yep. which you know what? I, I fully believe in the randomizer and, and its unknowable, unearthly powers. All hail the randomizer. It is it is my new deity. All come, hail come the randomizer. Touch the holes in its hands for it'll show you. <laughs> yeah, so Might and Magic Three, the Isles of Terra. The Isles of Terra not Terror. Terra. Well, well, <laughs> because I feel like, okay, one, we said we were going to start off with the list where we're going to do the Super Nintendo games. And we what picked. What do you mean? IGN's list? Well, no. You're talking no, about the, the beginning times? Do, no, no, the now times. Okay. The randomizer. Uh, the age of the randomizer. The, the age of, the age of, how many, how many seasons would you say Tadpog has been? One. One. One season. <laughs> we're, like, we're like Power Rangers, one, yeah. one season, <laughs> 505 yeah. episodes. Yeah. Well, this is, yeah. I mean, have we, 
Well, cha- chapters. Like, I think the IGN Super Nintendo list, mm-hmm. that's a chapter. Of yeah, I yeah. see. The the N64 list, that's a chapter. Yeah. Genesis. Genesis. Chapter. NES. NES. Yeah, because we did the, the NES Classic. Uh-huh. So I guess now we're bringing it back to another chapter. Chapter that, one, part the, two. The biggest chapter. We did chapter yeah. one, two, three, and four. Now we're chapter one, part Now we're two. back. Now you're opening a page and it says tearing again after such a long time. <laughs> so, because I feel like we... At the very first game, we're like, well, we'll choose it. We'll do Star Fox too. We right. defied the randomizer. We didn't. Yeah. Even, we didn't even know it would be our god yet. Yeah, we, we hadn't we, found we it. We chose, mm-hmm. and then decided, okay, randomizer. And randomizer was like, foolish boys, you yes. you chose your first yeah. game, so now I will punish <laughs> you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when you dabble dabble in the social circles that um, a god yeah runs in. It's... So he's just like, let me see through. Ah. Roger Clemens in VP baseball. Right. Here. Yes, feast children. But it, see, it was, it was a double-edged sword because we had Chris Black on. And that's one of my favorite episodes ever. <laughs> yeah, it's a great episode. So then, uh, what, well, then the randomizer, because they, they, they gave us a boon, right? In that Power Rangers. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, well, here, here's a hidden gem. Right. You, you've succeeded my trial, my first trial. Right. Here is a You award. have pleased me, mortals. <laughs> so, Bathe in the Power Rangers. So I make a ho- hockey reference. Like, ah, well, I must show you proof that I am real. Hockey. But hockey, no one's Look, I have, I have faith in the randomizer. It didn't need to show me that it was real. Yeah. So I'm just saying. Then it's just like, I'll just hope it's not a sports game. Well, here's here's a game based on a 90s cartoon for you gentlemen. <laughs> Here you go. It's like, ah, oh, sure, Miss Phil. Ah, well, you've been dedicated so far, so far, Tyler and Dave. Here, a game that I assure you only Phil has and plays <laughs> in the entire Tadpog Nation. Uh, Might of Magic 3. Fuck yeah. The Isles of Terra. So do you try and tempt fate and influence the randomizer by by suggesting... Something at the beginning of the show, or, or? yeah, mm. I think that could be a fun game. Yeah, we're not. Are, are, are we requesting? Or are we just taunting it? It has to punish. Oh, us. we are not. <laughs> no, no. We are not taunting it. Foolish mortals. Well, let's also be fair. The random. We've already done over a hundred games for the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. We've done an episode on over a hundred games. So it's like the randomizers only got a like limited. Mm-hmm. resource of games to dole out like <laughs> yeah. i mean you know what i mean it's like it's hard to be like the randomizer is kind of a dick sometimes because <laughs> the randomizer is just like hey man this is all i got yes. <laughs> you already I played have- donkey kong country i got uh, fucking might and magic three you if want i that? went beyond this it would crush you mortal so <laughs> <Right>? yeah <laughs> Look, dog. I got. I have eighty different sports titles for the <laughs> Super Nintendo to get through. Yeah. This is gonna be a painful journey. It is going to be a pain. Mm-hmm. That is because that number is accurate, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, it, it's it's close. I think it's a, it's actually more than that. Um, <laughs> I was try. I was trying to count through just by searching football, basketball, baseball, and and hockey, but I wasn't counting uh, golf. I wasn't counting tennis, boxing. It's it's gonna be. What are you trying to say? I, I'm trying to say that the unbeknownst first plague in the Bible was actually Roger Clemens MVP baseball <laughs> raining raining down from the skies, and we're in for it. I do want to say something because you mentioned King Arthur um, not too long ago. I feel like I um, forgot about a game when I was comparing King Arthur to like Cool World. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot about Home Improvement for the Super Nintendo because yeah. there was a time, mm-hmm. like I think on last episode, I was like the worst game for the Super Nintendo was Cool World. It's definitely Home Improvement. Mm-hmm. I forgot about it. Yeah. That's how bad it was. I forgot about <laughs> it. Well, I'm your beard host, Tyler, and I said it's been a weird day because uh, I had a, a weird 
a weird work day. Uh, uh, I messed something up, so I'm dealing dealing with the ramifications of that. And I just feel like I haven't been able to get enough sleep lately. Um, as you blink. As I blink the, the sweat out of my eyes. Oh, we've boy. turned off the AC. Mm-hmm. So it's already getting to me. I think I'm going to take these pants off. Actually. Go for it, baby. Show me what you got. <laughs> uh, there we go. That's pretty good pant taking off Foley. Pant? Yeah. <laughs> short short it's pant? One, it is one pant. <laughs> yeah. You need like an accountant visor to keep the sweat out of your eyes. Yeah, I kind of do. But I was driving home uh, listening to my book, which is very, very good. What uh, book? Warbreaker by Brendan Sanderson. Oh, okay. It's gifted to me by, by Matt Gentile because he saw, I think Turnout was talking about reading um, another book. I've been on a Brendan Sanderson binge lately. He's so, one of your favorite authors, oh, right? Oh, yeah, because I read Skyward, which Skyward was, again, like, fan-fucking-tastic. Uh, went right into Warbreaker. We're at Elantris first. Elantris was amazing, then Skyward, and then now I'm reading Warbreaker. Warbreaker took me a little bit to get into, but now I'm really, really enjoying it. And I forgot what my point of doing that was. <laughs> that was. You were listening to it? You were talking about how your day was... Uh, how so your day I was, was listening to it, kind of, like, tired and kind of just emotionally, kind of like, ugh. So... I get a message from Artsy AJ, who's just like, hey, can you bring some food home? I'm like, sure, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Tacos. Okay. So we have talk- tacos at home. <laughs> Image of folded bread with cheese in the middle. <laughs> 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 uh, this is a new thing I do called uh, audio memes. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Love TM. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trademark audio memes. Don't worry. I'll be, spruce. I'll be, just be sprinkling this podcast <laughs> full of them. And so I go through the Taco John's line, um, get her two two soft shell tacos, uh, a, a Sprite, and, or a Miss Twist. I'm sorry, Miss Twist. What is a Miss Twist? I guess like Sierra Miss was getting too old, so they had to jazz it up for the for the millennials. So now it's Miss Twist, and she ain't married to no man. No, <laughs> <laughs> Miss Twist. Miss Twist. <laughs> uh, Pinto Lay's nacho cheese di- dipping sauce. That's what she likes. So like. Give her my debit card. I pay for it. I get the Sprite, put it in my center console, and drive off. <laughs> and because like I, I just completely oblivious. Just like oh, there you go. Well, there's a drink. So I definitely got that for her. All right, check that off the list. I was in a weird like hungry, not hungry. Like I drove around Southside Paducah. Like what do I want to eat? I don't fucking know. Nothing sounds. The South good. Side of our town is like the worst because yeah. it is like it has a whole bunch of restaurants, but they are all restaurants you don't want to eat. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So like I was like, I haven't had Sonic in a while. So I drove up to the Sonic drive through, looked at the menu. One drink with a tampon in it, please, <laughs> exactly. is what you ordered. <laughs> Welcome to Sonic, where can I get you? <sighs> Nothing. And I just drove off. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Sir, do you need help? Do you need to talk to somebody? <laughs> Sir, please come back. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so then I drove over to Wendy's, and I was like, yeah, okay, well, spicy chicken, that usually doesn't fail me. Spicy chicken. Got, got my spicy chicken meal, and I start to peel at, pull off. I get I like the- out of town. <laughs> And it's just like, why do I only have one bag? And then it clear, I have no memory of getting the Taco John's. Oh, so I turn around close to your house and go all the way, go back to Taco John's. You really getting a wreck on the way over there. I almost got in a wreck yesterday. Yeah, how'd you get in your wreck? Someone ran a stoplight on Jackson oh, Street. That's way. And worse. they were in a they were in a big white Tahoe. And I saw him coming fast out of the corner of my eye. Uh, and thank God the Celica was feeling like going. When I yeah. pressed the accelerator, because like they probably missed me by about, I mean, no exaggeration, about six inches. Jeez. It was one of those where it's Jesus. like it happened. I pulled over and I sent Nikki a text that just said, "Hey, I just want to let you know that I love you." 
<laughs> we need to have sex like that one time again. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, so as soon as I, I said, oh, I'm going to have to walk in. I don't want to wait for the drive. What happened with your say, almost wreck? Uh, whenever I was pulling into Taco John, somebody just like, yield sign? Nah. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to keep going. Uh-huh. So I decided to like gun it into the Taco John's parking lot. And I get out. As soon as I walk in, the cashier looks over. The guy who pulled off without his food's back. <laughs> and everyone applauded. <laughs> and the manager looked so fucking pissed. She was like, <sighs> We just threw that food away. Tacos, tacos, <laughs> I just stand there like, Sorry, a long day. People do that all the time. It's okay. The manager still like grumbles about it, grabs it, and hands it to her. You uh, should have said, Cashier hands it back to me. You should have said, But I bet not as often as you forget the food. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's true. It's like the last time I was in Taco John's, I went to the Taco John's in Benton to get RCAJ some tacos. Yeah. And I was wearing uh my chef whites when I when I went in there and like I ordered that, my food. that is a chef costume, right? Right, chef costume. Chef, right. And then, hat and everything? No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the, what is the red thing? The scarf thing? Is is that an ascot? An ascot, yeah. Were you wearing a red ascot? No. Man. I, I wore a blue one when I was in Sullivan, but it's not it's not standard uniform you see very often. <laughs> and then, because so she hands me my food to, to leave, I went inside because the drive-thru was backed up. And she's like, are you a chef? I'm like, sort of. Like, nah, I'm not really practicing, but every now and then. She's like, oh, that's so cool. And I like, I didn't mean to be shitty. And I went, huh, not really. <laughs> and like, she looks so like... Fine. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I'm not coming back to this Taco John's anymore. <laughs> this, you're banned. There's actually, they printed out on a letter size sheet of paper, like a crude drawing of a man in a chef costume. <laughs> the manager and I see the words that she says to them. I ban these beer outside. <laughs> Do not serve this man. <laughs> but yeah, then I just went home and just sort of like lazily ate my, uh, my spicy chicken while watching... Late Night with Seth Meyers clips and uh, Stephen Colbert clips until you got here. <laughs> and, here like, All right. and here we are now recording yep. a podcast. Yeah, this game's only going to make it better to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking up some pretty negative vibes about uh, yeah. from you about Might and Magic 3. Oh, but I'm in such a positive place right now. Yeah. <laughs> Sweat in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting here in my underwear <laughs> in a garage <laughs> drinking cranberry juice <laughs> and crown. It'll be fun. I'm just curious what the randomizer is going to pull from that story for the next week's game. Is it going to be Super mm. Alfred Chicken based on the chicken sandwich? Please, is God. Be, is it going to be John Madden Football based on Taco John's? No. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> is it going to be a taco-based platformer? <laughs> yeah. No, I, ser- I searched taco. There, There's no taco Speedy, game. Or the Speedy Gonzalez game. Oh, the randomizer is racist, I see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it might be. Hey, can God be racist? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the randomizer is a god from the nineties, so, oh, so yeah. there's a yeah, really yeah, good yeah, chance. Yeah. <laughs> it has some really dated material on Asian drivers. Yeah. <laughs> and not as racist as um the nineteen sixties god, the sorter. Um uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the randomizer, you know, still pretty racist. Well, that's my story. Well, I also have a fast food uh related story. Please in go that. On. In that I bought and ate a large blizzard today. All right, what of, kind of was it? Variety. <laughs> it was it was a, a Heath blizzard, mm. and okay. it's right. it's a mistake I make maybe once a year, yeah. once every other year. Yeah, you fucked up. Who in God's name needs that much blizzard ice cream? It is an unreasonable amount of 
of frozen oh, dessert for one person to eat. You were referring um, to the size, not the flavor. Oh no, no, I love I love uh, toffee. Heath is oh, great. Man. Does Every the ice problem... cream not make it too hard? Because I would have figured toffee's already pretty crunchy. You freeze it, it's gonna it's gonna bust some gums. I was I was all right with with the consistency. My my bigger problem, and, and I always forget this and make this mistake when I get a large, is that oh a large the, blizzard. The machine that they have to mix the blizzard does not go that deep all the way to the bottom yeah you all, yeah. <laughs> so you get a really poorly mixed blizzard uh-huh. if you get a large it doesn't happen yeah. with any of the other sizes but if you get a yeah. large blizzard it's it's you're gonna have um three quarters some. of a blizzard hallways too big yeah. for that hot dog yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i get i like the mint oreo that's my jam mm. when they have it mm. Mm, mint oreo when they don't basic basic boy m&m blizzard uh, okay Every now and then I do get the Heath, and I'm like, oh, why? It's like the second bite in. I'm like, oh, I just wanted something different, but why did I do this? (laughs) I love the Georgia Mud Fudge. Georgia Mud Fudge. Blood Fudge? Blood Fudge? Blood Blood Blood? I've never had it. Bud Much. Bud Much. (laughs) (laughs) But one thing that does really kind of piss me off is – or piss me off. It's it's a peeve. Uh, It's fine, Phil. (laughs) Blizzard pisses me (laughs) off. You can can be candid here. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I, I find it the the tipping the blizzard upside down thing that they started like four or five years ago is just like I know how the physics of ice cream works. Yeah. That it clings to surfaces. Right. You don't need to like this. Isn't special that only bl- that only Dairy Queen has the ability to have blizzards that have ice cream that sticks to your cup. Like <laughs> just I, I, I find it just okay. Okay, that's thanks. Just pretend to, to be amazed, like they just showed you a magic trick. Be amazed. Oh. Refuse the blizzard. <laughs> I, no, 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 no. The ice cream shouldn't do that. Yeah. That's not right. This ice cream has <laughs> Satan's touch. How do I, how do I know you're not of the devil? Mm-hmm. I represent a talent agency. We do magic shows <laughs> up and down. We got, we got an opening at the Chinook Winds Casino. <laughs> I, we need, you, you cannot be wasted yes. in this, in this Dairy Queen, sir. We need you in your magical dairy treats. <laughs> Sorcerer! <laughs> Keep your vile treats! <laughs> Speed off. <laughs> what about you, and Dave? by that we. Oh, I'm oh, sorry, what? Phil. Please go on. Is there more? <laughs> more Blizzard. More Blizzard. Oh no, I was I was trying to use the the um, sorcery as a jumping point off into Might and Magic Three. We can do that because like here's my story. Played a lot of Might and Magic Three. Didn't get out of the house a lot. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much it. It's pretty impressive. Hi, I'm Dave. Pretty I didn't impressive. get out of the house much because I was playing Mind of Magic 3. Uh, I wasn't realistically trying to finish a 50-plus hour game in a week's time. I do... But there are only three towns, but it's 50 hours long. <laughs> <laughs> are there really? I've only made it, I've know, only made it to two. So. I, I mean, it would make sense to me that there are only three. It, it just takes that long. There are multiple islands, but I could believe that in this game they didn't have any towns on those other islands. <laughs> Um, it kind of seems like maybe that kind of game. But I do like this attitude with the randomizer where it's like we got a week to play a game. We do our best. And it's yep, like yep. just let it go because yep. it's like there's no way I can finish this game. I'm going to put in as much time as I possibly can. Uh, and that was probably around like 14 hours. Don't so. think you guys can do it? All right. Find somebody that can. Yeah. Here's the fills out there. Here's right. the thing. If if this game actually moved at a reasonable pace, it wouldn't be a 74-hour game. It would be like a 20-hour game. Yeah. It's, it's You are spending 50 hours trying to navigate through the the world in which you're playing. And it's um, – well, I, I, I liken this game to 
a, 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 a decent game wrapped in a fat game's body. And you, <laughs> you are just trying to navigate through this obese, bloated husk, and it's so hard <laughs> to move. And it just it's it sucks any any little bit of fun. If there were if there were a kernel in there, it just sucks it out. All right, if, I feel like I'm probably probably the most positive one here on this game. <laughs> I thought- I'm I'm probably second most, but I just. I, am I the do least. want to. <laughs> I am the third most powerful mole. <laughs> it's a, it's a. I can't say it's a good game. It's a decent game, but it just has so much going wrong for it. So, I think I got Stockholm syndrome playing the game because yeah, I feel I I literally like this is not an exaggeration. I really feel like it took me three hours to kind of like figure the game out. And it's like yeah. go through all the menu that's an options. That's impressive amount of time because I mean that's that's a short amount of time for how clunky I felt like this beast was. It's clunky. The UI is clunky, and it's like one of those where it's like you cannot put this game in and just go. You can't. You mm-hmm. can't because nope. it's like. But, but it says that on the advertisement, Dave. Yeah, I know that print <laughs> ad. Where it, what, what, I, what's the copy exactly? Good fucking luck. <laughs> My Magic Three. <laughs> I think it says something like "easy to easy to start playing" or something like that, and that is not that is not true. Easy to turn the switch on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it. I mean, if that was not if the hefty instruction manual did not tell you that, like, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like anytime you pull out a game and it, like the instruction manual looks like a player's handbook for D and D or something, it's like eh, this game is not easy to pick up and start. Because I feel like this game. Would have been in my wheelhouse. It's very D and D esque. It is, and I mean, I love D and D. So, like, all right, I bet I can. I bet this will be good. I bet I'll be able to figure this out because I see mostly you and Phil are talking about it for days. I, mm-hmm. You know, I try to play a little bit of it. I'm immediately turned off. Turn it off. Mm-hmm. Wait. I watch you stream it. It's like, okay, thank D- you. Dave makes thank you. thinks this look pretty good. All right, uh, try it again. Don't last that much longer before I turn it off in sheer frustration because I don't want to just like pull up a guide and read line by line and go like I'm playing a Japanese game. Like, no. what's the translation? Now I'm looking at this. What's the translation? No. Now I'm at this. And that's not how you should play it. Like, I mean, the way I played it was shrug. Like, I'm just gonna, mm. I'm just gonna like poke around the world, see what happens, try to figure stuff out. Like, really, all the time. When I said earlier that it took me like three hours to like figure out the game, that was, that was. Not a whole truth, because really, honestly, it's like when I was streaming this game Sunday night, um, Phil was like, I was saying like, oh, yeah, I got to go back to the tavern to save. And Phil was like, you can do that from anywhere. (laughs) And I was like, oh, shit, I wish I would have known this like, I don't know, 14 hours ago. That would have been cool. Um, I bet I put an hour and a half into it of sheer unmitigated frustration and deaths over and over and over again. Tyler, oh, yeah. your your experience that you have recounted is is literally the first ten years of me owning this game and picking it up from a used game store. It's like, oh, I, l- I like the Might and Magic series. I'll put this in. Oh, this sucks, and turn it off five minutes later. And then five years later, I'm like, uh, eh, I have maybe maybe it's better this time, and I'll put it again. Like, nope, nope, it's still it's still very obtuse and hard to play. <laughs> Because we we are talking about it like the the an invisible beast that it is. So before we start yeah. to describe this monstrosity anymore, get people even more confused. Dave, do you hear that? I do hear that. It's the sound of uh, a young 
uh, it's a young Phil Hawkins. It's a young sandwich cardinal uh, who <laughs> is early 20s. <laughs> he was riding a, tr- a train. Hair just barely gray. Yeah, just t- the little bits at the temples. Greg at the temples. <laughs> Uh, riding on this train that's full of just might and magic video games. Like, there's, like, you can't fit them all in the boxcars. They're, they're tumbling out. And there's one copy of Might and Magic 3 uh, that's in a glass case uh, right next to the conductor's seat. Um, that, in case of emergency, and you absolutely have to play a game, it's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, it and Lord of the Rings are sitting there. <laughs> right. Which, uh, of course, ushers in a segment that we like to call Dave Reads from Wikipedia. Okay, guys. Might and Magic 3, colon, Isles of Terra, mm-hmm. uh, or as it's known in Japan, Might and Magic, I-I-I, Isles of Terra, uh, is the third game in the role-playing video game series, Might and Magic. Okay, so it was released originally in 1991 uh, for DOS. And then it came out on the Super Nintendo in 1995. So I want to let that so uh, let that kind of soak in a little bit. That's a little weird. So peak, <laughs> peak Super Nintendo. This is coming out. Yes. This is the same year as Chrono Trigger. Like Magic <laughs> Three is coming out. That puts it in perspective. There you go. <laughs> so also, it's four years. I mean, the, at that point, it's like a four-year-old game. On a platform that it is not was not originally designed for, mm-hmm. so I, I want us to all keep that in mind. Like, because here's my here's my theme for this episode. I think Might and Magic Three is actually a a game that someone could have fun with. Mm-hmm. Like I had fun oh, yeah. playing it, but oh, yeah. but it's not a good game because it is. Um, it just they didn't try to fix the like they didn't try to fit the UI of the game to a controller. Like, this is a game that is compatible with the SNES mouse. Mm. And I didn't know that until I was streaming it on Twitch. And, like, someone told me that. I was like, are you – is that for real? I thought that there were, like – I thought that was, like, a Mario Paint exclusive kind of deal because there weren't many games that supported the SNES mouse. But this one does. And I could see, like, having a mouse to go through the menus. That's a pretty big difference. Yeah. Instead of, like, using the the D-pad and the A and B buttons, like, it would have made a huge difference. Because it's like going through this – going through the menu system – is probably the worst part of the game mm-hmm. because, like, you go through menus constantly. You know, playing it's pretty bad too, but please go on. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, it was it was developed. The port was developed by uh, Iguana, who you probably know from NBA James. So I think that's a like a, that's a fun oh, okay. little thing oh. <laughs> where it's like, okay, all right, NBA James. Uh, I hope there are basketball references hidden in the SNES version, <laughs> um, but I don't know. I didn't find any. Uh, the plot of the game is thorough, uh, but essentially it doesn't matter because uh, you just start out and you're 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 just a team of adventurers. Yep, and that's pretty much it. Yep. Like you're kind of dumped in the world, and it's like here you are in a town that looks like a dungeon full of fountainheads. <laughs> here you are. Have you ever <laughs> seen like the few episodes of Quantum Leap where it shows like the their current time where they live in that city? <laughs> yes, all the cities look like they're that one city in Quantum Leap. It's a city that does not believe in roofs. Roofs <laughs> do not exist mm-hmm. in Fountainhead. No. Uh, also, we. It's really a problem that all the cities have, I found, because it's like whoever planned all these cities like definitely had like a job at a prison before they were did city planning. <laughs> <laughs> 
a mirror prison because everything's just shiny, like chrome. Mm-hmm. Even when you leave and you're outside, that looks normal. Mm-hmm. Why why a town just couldn't look normal, I don't know. I don't know either. But, well, most of the look, towns end look, up towns being towns are pretty much prisons, right? They're pretty much dungeons. <laughs> <laughs> what What is a town if not just a homey dungeon? So, <laughs> But they are in this game essentially dungeons because it's like every town has monsters in it somewhere. It, granted, my experience with this game is two towns. So, are you, are you saying? I mean, are you saying Paducah doesn't have monsters? It, clearly, like, it does. I live somewhere, here. Somewhere, yeah. <laughs> every, every town has monsters. If you think about it, do you think it's a? Do you think it's a an allegory? Do you think Mind of Magic Three is trying to show us something <laughs> deeper? Yeah, the Bubble Men and Moose Rats are actually um, <laughs> metaphors for uh, sex offenders so. <laughs> in poverty. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, because like I, because I I tried to put time into it, and I got to where I could. Um, I found where I could change my party members. Yes, like design my own, and then I couldn't figure out how to recruit her, so I ended up hiring an archer. Because in your stream, you were told give everybody a short bow. Makes yes. a big difference. Yes. So I was like, all right, that's what I'm gonna do. So eventually, I found a weapon shop, and I was like, hell yeah! And it took me f- forever to figure out how to navigate weapons, armor, tools. What not? Yeah. Yeah, it's no, it's tough. Then I was like, oh, a short bow. I see one. All right. So I'll give everybody short bows. Went and bought a short bow. Oh, you only have one. Oh, okay. Well, yep. <laughs> that is not something that makes sense. That totally makes sense. He's a blacksmith. Why would he have it. why would he have more than one bow? He probably just was yep. like, Hey, I found this bow. You can have this if you want. Yeah. I deal in ironworks. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, okay, well, I equipped the equipped the short bow on somebody, mm-hmm. which was also pretty pretty obtuse. Uh, but I did remember Phil's your hot tip about how to exchange items between other characters, uh, which <laughs> is away, right? super super fucked up. Yeah, it's super fucked up. Like, so how do you trade items within your party? Like, if I'm, uh, how do you give? How does the paladin give the druid leather armor? Phil, you, it was your discovery, so please, you take that. Yeah, so um, so in order to to give an item to another player, you select it, and you go to the discard button, and it'll ask you if you want to discard it permanently, which you select no, and then it'll say, well, do you want to give it to another player? In which case you say yes, and that's that's how you trade from person to person. And and as I had relayed to you guys before, uh, the first time I did this, I accidentally threw away my most powerful <laughs> weapon that, that I had I had earned. Which, upon playing further, I realized was not that big of a loss because um, this game has, and this is one of the many good things it has going for it. It has uh, a Diablo style random weapon generator. Mm-hmm. When you find magical weapons. It assigns them a, a usually a prefix or a suffix or both, and those will determine what random stats it has. So it's got a lot of replayability in in that regard, which I found um, neat. I just wish I knew what these things did, because yeah. when you think of a coral weapon or a brass weapon or a bronze weapon, these are all modifiers, mm-hmm. but I have no idea what they do. I did find out that anything that is wooden is bad. It will it will put a negative modifier. So if you find a wooden cloak, which wrap your head around that uh-huh. is well, there, is, there's um, a wooden quilt at our local quilt museum. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you know how we said oh, there's monsters in every town. We have wooden quilts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Digest that. Well, what's crazy about it is, like, Phil, like, when you say, like, wooden stuff is bad, like, you don't mean that it's, you don't, it's not exclusively worse than coral stuff. It actively 
makes your character worse. Like it lo- being naked is better than putting on wooden armor. <laughs> Because wooden armor like lowers your defense, mm-hmm. and it's like that doesn't make sense. It should at least be a little bit better than nothing. Uh, why in this would world the... wood is cursed? Yeah, <laughs> well, that's the... why all the cities are made out of glass and steel. <laughs> but it's like it's also one of those where it's like I don't understand like why why even have it in the game like other than just to be mean spirited. Yep. Like other uh-huh. than just to be like, well, yeah. There are very early in the game, essentially, cursed items are very, very findable. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like sometimes, it, like, the wooden cloak doesn't make sense. I also, at one point, had a leather, there, I, I could purchase a leather scimitar. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> leather, is, leather is just as bad, if not worse, than wooden. Actually, no, it is worse than wooden for um, weapons, but it's like when it's leather armor, all of a sudden, it's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I, I don't mean, know. it makes sense. It, Somebody <laughs> trying to like something like yeah. that's pretty shitty. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I but I, what I what it really means is in here the, at the Ironworks, we're all about coulda, <laughs> not shoulda. <laughs> what it really means is that in Fountainhead, there is clearly no Better Business Bureau. Like the shopkeeper can just do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, you want a leather scimitar? Fine, it's fine. I promise. Oh, what does it do? Buy it, and then I can identify it for you. And also, I will charge you to identify it, and then you'll know. I have this spear made out of pop rocks. Buy it if you dare. Uh, at least that they give is, you. That is the fucked up thing, though, is that you have to if you want to know what stats a weapon has you have to pay to identify it yeah and but not every only, time yeah every time it's, this isn't a one-time transaction right. every time you want to see it um you have to go to the blacksmith and then ask him to to identify it for right 10 of what the thing costs which isn't much for basic items but when you find a ten thousand gold piece tiara and it costs 1,000 gold to identify it that shit starts to add up mm-hmm. yeah not only that but it's time consuming because yes. it's like really like you can't just pay for the you cannot pay the the shopkeep to identify an item that he has. You have to take a gamble and buy that item uh-huh. and then be like, all right, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> like it's a fuck. Like this is a dystopian future where it is just like mm. this is how business is. <laughs> like, you know, like mm, we're getting there because like I can I- see. Go ahead, Phil. I was saying, I I feel that is, that's a somewhat common thing from role-playing games of this era, except you would just base things off of, this is more powerful because it is, it costs more. It's more expensive. Yeah. And the, the item shops, the weapon shops, you go from town to town in like a standard JRPG. It's just, it's the next step up and you just kind of, that's, that's just common knowledge here. It's it's the weapon shops just offer such a wide variety of stuff, and every single time you come back, they restock their wares, so you can you can eventually get a full set of bows. And part of the restocking is they put a random magic weapon somewhere at the at the bottom, and and, and every single time you come in, um, but you have no idea whether that is better or worse than what you got. You just have to say, well, this is two thousand gold, and the thing I'm wearing is three thousand gold, so I think it's better. But but because of the random item generator, you have you have no idea. Yeah, I mean it's a bad system. Like it, it's yeah. a very it's a very bad system. Every everything in this game is a pain. Yeah. Every every there's nothing that is very simple in this game. No. Every step of every thing you have to pursue is minutia that is painful. And that's, I that's why I, 
<laughs> That's why I said it's like walking through a fat man's body. It's just, this, is, this is a good game yeah. in a fat man game in a fat game's body. And, and to a point, I can understand how that level of minutia can be appealing. Sometimes it can be fun to earn it and fight through it and figure it out. I understand. I understand that because D and D can be played like that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is built where that is an option. Right. Where you can have your carrying capacity, you can, I mean, how many, how, how much your bag, how much you can carry, how much your bag can carry, right. how, like, every 10 coins equal a pound, and right. that all factors in, nothing, everything has a weight, your travel distance, how long it takes you, your food, your water, like, magic, identifying magic items is the exact same way. Because everything you would find out in the wild, well, you'd see if it's magical. Okay, if it's mag- not magical, okay, you know what that is. But, you know, it could be masterwork. It looks pretty nice. You don't know. Right. Well, okay, well, it appears magical. We have no way of doing that. Well, an identify spell. Do you? Can you cast an identify spell? Well, it does take a pearl, a glass of wine, and an owl's feather. Uh-huh. Do you have in all those? Well, no, the, the pearl has to be worth 100 gold pieces. Uh-huh. So this feather that we already have, we could pay 100 gold pieces, and it might only be worth 20 gold pieces. Uh-huh. So, I mean, D&D is also set up. Sometimes sometimes that can be fun. Yeah. But I feel like there's you can play D&D with fantasy realism or fantasy escapism. Generally, I think Dave, you and I, we've played fantasy escapism to where we <clears throat> overlook like you find okay, well, that's a plus one uh, flaming sword. Yeah, that's just what it is. You don't have to pay to get identified. You don't have to mess with all this carrying capacity. Uh, there's a bag of holding. You're fine. Yeah, okay, let's go. Well, the thing, the, like the thing with encumbrance and stuff is always like I'm always especially like especially when I'm running a game, I'm like, man, like let's make this, let's make this where like. Let's do a game where it matters, where mm-hmm. like the shit that you carry matters. But the problem with that is the first session, it's fine. The second session, everyone's always like, wait, uh, who's carrying the ladder? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know. I don't have it in my notes. Oh, me neither. Who's carrying the ladder? And then at that point, it's like, well, I do want this game to go on. So somebody has a ladder. Also, do not worry about encumbrance from this point forward. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. So then, yeah, if you do worry about encumbrance, it's like, uh okay, well we're all gonna search for bags of holding, so we don't have to fuck with this anymore. Okay, yeah. thank you. <laughs> well that's like video games beat ta- video games beat tabletop role playing games in the inventory sense, like mm-hmm. all the time. Cause it's like to me, honestly, I think the best RPG that the that deals with or the RPG that deals with inventory the best is Diablo. Because it's like you just got a grid and you just fill that grid up with shit. Mm-hmm. And then it's like yep. if that grid gets full, you can play Tetris with the shit to make room or you can just start selling stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like I wish there was a way to do that in tabletop role-playing yep. games. See, and even in like early D&D when we first started playing, I would just like, this is a big town so you can buy minor magic items here. And if you had, you know, I didn't even keep track. It was just like only minor magic items are here. Buy what you want. You know, what do you want? And then much later on did I start, like, randomly rolling, because it makes sense. Like, yeah, he wouldn't have infinite short bows. Like, I'm used to right. every Final Fantasy having infinite items right. or whatever they have. So that I kind of get. That's another aspect of D&D. Like, I understand that. Um, and I've gotten more meticulous about that. Because in, in, the, in the last game I ran, the dwarf game, I randomly rolled for every single piece of equipment that was in every single town. And that ended up being, like... Actually, kind of cool. Yeah, it's fun because then because if you get to buy any whatever magic item you want, everyone buys the same six magic items every single time, and it fucking sucks. Right. 
So none of the cool items get used because you're about maximizing your character. Right. So, the, so there is something to be said for the meticulous realism. But I feel like this game definitely takes it to an extreme. Yeah, which I think honestly would be okay because it's a video game. And like I said earlier, I think video games handle inventory and all that shit a lot better mm-hmm. than tabletop role-playing games. Because it's like no one in a video game, the person who's the bookkeeper is the video game. Like no one, no, the player, no player has that role. And it's like not a burden to anybody. Mm-hmm. It's like the machine is like, I will do it. I am good at this. I will do this. Yep. Let me tell you what you can what you can carry. But the problem in it is like just the cumbersome manner in which this game handles it. Because it is, I mean, everything you're right. Everything about this game is cumbersome. Everything about it is cumbersome. Cucumbersome, even. Cucumbersome, totally. But like the I get joy in this game when I it's weird, and I know I've said this before about other games, but I find joy in this game when I figure something out, mm-hmm. and then it's like, I feel like I'm getting better at this. I feel like I'm learning this game, and because I'm learning it, I'm getting better at it. Um, so it's like very much Stockholm Syndrome, because like what I could do is be like, I don't like this. I'm going to stop playing it. What, instead, I'm like, I don't like this, but I can find good in this game. I'm like Luke Skywalker. It's like there's good in this game. I can feel it. Uh, and then I search for it. Uh, and I, I honestly do think that like if this game didn't have its cumbersome menu system and, and all of that, like there, I think that this could be a very, very fun game. Yeah, yeah I, I suspect on, on the PC it was a much better experience. And, and you know, I had done some, some research before this, and it was, it was the PC version was pretty well regarded um, and, and – I think in your, when you're able to navigate with just a mouse, and I suspect um, actually the movement, you know, I'll, I'll have to check this out maybe, but the movement is so cumbersome that it's it's really jarring when compared with other grid-based first-person role-playing games of, of this era. I, I had mentioned this to you um, earlier, is that, you know, Wizardry 5 is another game like this. You'll come across this eventually. I, I own it, and I really like that game. And the movement is so fast and you can sprint down halls and you can just navigate so quickly. And it's to go from that to this where every single step takes a beat yeah. to do is yeah. is really jarring. Yeah, it's like – I'm glad you've mentioned that this is a first-person role-playing game because it's like – we hadn't mentioned that yet. It, it yeah. very much feels like – like if you were completely new to first-person role-playing games – uh, like the probably the best way I can describe this game is it's like a really slow Wolfenstein 3D without guns. Because <laughs> <laughs> like even even leveling up, like in most RPGs, video or tabletop, you know when you level up, you just level up. Awesome, awesome benefit earned. Not in this game. You have to go. Oh. You you have to get to the the level mm-hmm. and then go pay to train and level up. Which again I can sort of see the appeal to it, but also like. Come on, <laughs> come on! It's nothing, nothing for free. This is the capitalism, capitalism's wet dream of the video game. <laughs> nothing is free. Yeah, well, I see. I kind of, I like it. And the reason, yeah, I wish Chris Black was there. Yeah, fucking, <laughs> fucking capitalism. Yeah, I remember when Fountainhead had a thriving downtown, and then the, <laughs> then the, the Wally's Item Mart opened up. Fucking pulled all the business away, and then they opened up the goddamn Intercontinental Roadway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like the fact that you have to pay. Like you have Make to st- Fountainhead great again. <laughs> I like that you have to pay to level up because it's like it's different. 
You know what I mean? And it's like, it feels like this game is leaning into what it feels like. It, this game knows what it wants to be. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is not compromising on that. And I think there's something that's really cool about that. Mm-hmm. Like, if it were faster, that would be fantastic. So it's the Christianity of video games. It does, it does not compromise under <laughs> any circumstances. <laughs> Even if it hurts you, it does not compromise. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. It's, also, it's nice to like... It's, I don't know, it's just, it's another way that they can, like, control how fast you level, and, uh, like, then you don't have to worry about, it. like, th- th- I can see the design of it, because it's, like, also in the first town, Fountainhead, you only have lower level spells that you can purchase. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. great, because it entices you to fucking leave that town and explore the world. Well, you can't just go and buy spells. That is true. This is, of course not. This is also cumbersome. Please, please. Well, you have to join the, like, the union, the Spellcasters Union. The Mages Guild. Mm -hmm. Which I've heard that, like, this one is, okay, so after I played through, like, an hour and a half, got frustrated, I was like, let me just watch the videos. (laughs) Yeah. And so I watched, a guy had a very meticulous playthrough of every step, and then he was, like, constantly praising this game, like, oh, my God, this is so much more streamlined and easier than the previous one. Than Might of Magic 2. like, holy (laughs) Fuck, are you kidding me? So, yeah. like, all your spells were all in different places yeah. with their own unions and all their yeah. own union dues. Well, right. And not only that, but it's like you got to, like, talk to a guy during the day uh-huh. who's not even at the guild. He's in another location in town. Yeah. You just got to find him. Desk set up in a random alcove. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Just, you just wander around Glass City until you find a corner where there's a desk and a guy with the hoods like, "Hey, Not, you don't even see the guy. Oh yeah, like, just the desk. You just see it the could desk. Be a desk right. talking to you. Right. It could be a mimic. You don't know. You walk up to the desk and then all of a sudden the screen shows up with a guy in it and he's like, "Whoa, I'm not a beggar. Chill out. I just want to sell you a guild membership." You're like, sure. And you have to buy one for, of course, every single person that would. Buy spells. Yeah, you, you gotta buy. A, you can't just buy one and your right. party gets in. You gotta buy one guild membership for each spellcaster. Uh, he also that's, doesn't tell you that. <laughs> that's, <laughs> right, that's right. Something that I I actually like kind of. So um, it's a secondary skill that you can learn in the game, and I think this game has a lot of depth to it, with including all these secondary skills, which will allow you to do things like like cast magic or or map the terrain or give you certain bonuses or allow you to, to access certain parts of, of the map that you wouldn't be able to do. And um, I, if I remember right, so, so I own Might and Magic 6, um, and, and which kind of helped get me into the series a little bit. And that was something that was, that was familiar there, is that your classes, you, would, you could just upgrade them and upgrade them through these various secondary skills and, and allow you to continually make your, your characters better. So... Um, while it was very cumbersome the way it was implemented, I I can kind of get behind that to a to a certain extent. We should also say this is like what first person the whole time you are in yeah, tight yes. first person view that is very different. The only other game I've played like that is the first Fantasy Star. Oh, see, I haven't played the first Fantasy Star. Yeah, th- this is very much in the vein of a dungeon crawler. Like, mm-hmm. this is a dungeon crawler at heart, for sure. Yeah. Um, very much. I really like these type of games. I've, I, I've been a fan of these kind of first-person grid-based dungeon crawlers. I have, like I mentioned, I have Wizardry. I have, I think, Eye of the Beholder for the Super Nintendo. Another one of these games that I right. bought and then was like, ugh, this is ugly, so, and didn't play it again. So uh, when we get to that, I'll, it, it's pretty much going to be the same experience over again. 
Well, we've mentioned it, so the randomizer will undoubtedly choose it for us. <laughs> so, Phil, uh, block out next Tuesday if you could. <laughs> Can do. Mind uh, Magic 2. That's only in, at least in Japan. I want to go back to the guild because, like, it's more complex than that. Yep. More complex than that. Uh-huh. You got to, like, okay, so you buy the guild membership during the day, and then you're like, sweet, let me go to the Magic Guild. And you go over there. Sorry, dog, we're only open at night. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, there is time in this game, so... What can I do? I guess I can go to bed. Okay, well, it's going to take some food for you to go to bed. That's also <laughs> right. a resource. So it, you, it costs you to sleep. <laughs> so It does. So I don't know. That, that bugged me a lot because it's like... It's got that like... Okay, so like this is like... I don't want to say babies first, but this is like... This reminded me of... <laughs> Masochists first. Yeah, this reminded me of an Elder Scrolls game. Because, like, a lot of the same things are you see in the modern day, like Skyrim. Because it's like there are, there are towns, and in those towns are shops that um, are open at certain times. Like, I mean, there's some of that simulation in, but it's like it took a long time for this to get streamlined. So then I'm in the mindset where it's like, okay, so let me, like, I got to remember that this is the mid-90s. This isn't like, I can't look at this game as like and compare it to a game that, you know, is modern. Uh, but then I'm like, oh, yeah, but this also came out on the SNES four years after it came out on the PC w- around the same time that Chrono Trigger came <laughs> yeah. out. So, like, this is pretty much, like, inexcusable. It's, and I make it sound like I don't like Minutia in, in a game. Mm-hmm. And I, I do, uh, point of argument, because I love... Fallout New Vegas hardcore mode. Like, I think hardcore mode was such a fucking awesome addition. I only play hardcore mode when I pick up New Vegas. And that it's, it's another level of needless minutia that doesn't have to be there, but for some reason, I really like it. So, I, can, I see the appeal that this game and this level of minutia would absolutely have. I feel like this is... For me, this is a desert island game. Like, if I'm stuck yeah. and I have a fuck ton of time and I could sink, like, a lot into this game, like, then it could be really rewarding for you to just play and figure this shit out. And it's so slow and meticulous. And, yeah, desert island, like, put your... I feel like you'd have to really know what you were doing to do it in 72 hours. Like, yeah, this game is absolutely like a hundred hour game if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. And, but it's like, I also, I want to put an asterisk because I agree with you. Like, yeah, if I had a whole bunch of time to kill, put this game on my list. Asterisk, the DOS version. Mm, um, yeah. Because I, I, I did not play the DOS version, but I did watch um, somebody play it and it looked like it ran a lot faster uh, which it needed to. Obviously, he was using a mouse, which, by the way, I remember uh, when I was a child begging my dad. I was like, we got to get a mouse. We got to get a mouse for the computer. And I remember my dad being like, that's a fad. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need anything but a keyboard, son. Look, you can't type with a mouse, can you? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I vividly remember that because I wanted to play games like this. We like have I, to get the internet... <laughs> Son, that like the mouse is a fad. Yeah, <laughs> webcams I've, though. That's, webcams. that's the future. I feel like I would rub that in my parents' face every time I got. <laughs> Remember when you said that a mouse was a fad? <laughs> I think the root of it was my dad didn't want Windows 3.1. Like I think he was like, "This is a, we're a DOS family." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now get him a box full of like a hundred mice. Is that what you mouses? Mouses. A yeah. hundred mouses. Done. Happy Father's Day. You <laughs> <laughs> have a hundred mouses. You dumb bastard. <laughs> so there is. Uh, but speaking of the DOS version, there are differences in the game. Uh, the SNES version is, believe it or not, censored. Uh, and I, I knew that it was because the, the second town in the game that I found is called Baywatch. <laughs> so go ahead and let that sink in. Mm-hmm. It's called Baywatch. And uh, in the middle of the town is a statue of a goddess, and she's wearing a bright, hot pink bikini. And the moment I saw it, I was like, this game was subject to censorship. Because <laughs> that looks painted on. And it's like, I started going down that rabbit hole. And yeah, sure enough, there's no bikini on that statue yeah. in, the, in the DOS version. <laughs> uh, the DOS version also has a lot more animated cutscenes, uh, where like when you go to level up, for example, mm-hmm. and you go to the, the training grounds. In the SNES version, you are uh, greeted with a still f- image of something. It kind of looks like one of like the Pawnee murals. <laughs> like, yeah, it does. Towns and Rec. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what I'm looking it's at like, exactly. It's, it's like outside. You are outside the grounds of a castle, and there's a castle in the background, walls, there are people training. And this is, you go through a door in the town, and apparently on the other side of that door is the entire outside of a castle. <laughs> well, in the DOS you're, version. You're at the Night's Watch. You're in there. You're training. Taking the black, that's what it looks like. <laughs> in the DOS version, it is uh, an animated cutscene of a dude riding a horse with a sword, and he cuts a watermelon in half. And it's like, <laughs> yes. there we go. Sir Gallagher. Right, yes. <laughs> but uh, I am Sir Gallagher. I am Sir Gallagher, too. <laughs> <laughs> I have the twin brother of Sir Gallagher. <laughs> Sir Gallagher the second. Uh, the, some of them, I think, some of the animations are really goofy because it's like when you go into like the the tavern where you would buy your food when you want to sleep, mm-hmm. um, and you'd get rumors and, and stuff like that. There's an animation of a guy like the bartender just cleaning the bar, and the animation repeats so many times that he's like endlessly cleaning, which would be fine because like his hand moving over again, that's fine. But they also decided to animate his eyes moving back and forth, so he is like <laughs> rapidly like. It's almost like he's speed reading a ghost book <laughs> in front of him. Uh, there's, I guess rumors are free, though. Censorship there. Yeah. Rumors are but, free. Uh, yeah, please tell me about the other censorship in the tavern. In, in the DOS version, um, you drink and you can get drunk. In, in the SNES version, you eat and you get full. You get stuffed. You get stuffed. Stuffed, which I would argue is worse. Like that is, they, they censored the game and somehow made it dirtier. Yeah, I, I went to the tavern. I didn't get drunk. I just decided to get stuffed. Oh man! And whenever, so whenever you take stuffed. damage, your your portraits have a. Uh, it's like a blue, like graphic pops up over your character portrait. It's goo. Which I have to assume. I have to assume what is, was red in the DOS version. It's meant to be like it was. blood that it's, they yeah. censored out. It was blood. And then like when you uh, when you have enemies in front of you and you attack them in the Super Nintendo version, um, when you deal damage to them, a red X, like a tiny a red, red X, appears red X. on the enemy. It's blood in the um, it's blood in the DOS version, which is actually it's blood if it's physical damage. If it's elemental damage, there's a symbol of the the element that's damaging them, which I think is a really nice mm-hmm. touch. Um, there, uh, something that makes not only the mouse makes the game easier to navigate on in the DOS version, there are keyboard shortcuts. 
So it's like if you go to a tavern and like you know exactly what you want to do, you just hit the the corresponding letters on the keyboard and it's done. You don't have yeah. to go through the menu. It's like mm. drink, rumors, I'm out, exit. Mm-hmm. And you can do pretty much everything super fast. Well, like what would take maybe 10 seconds on the DOS version probably takes like two minutes in the Super yeah. Nintendo version. So um, – I mean that's pretty much it. The DOS version's better. I feel like I didn't play well, the yeah, DOS yeah. version, but it like like just like looking that side by side, it's like yes, I'd rather I'd rather have that mm-hmm. experience. I I did really enjoy the depth that this game offers for a Super Nintendo game. You have you have ten different character classes mm-hmm. that you can choose from. You can you can create your whole new party, ten different classes, three different alignments. I'm not sure what the alignments themselves do, but the character classes each. Um, start with different secondary skills like the ability to to spot secrets or the ability to get into certain areas. And you have five different um, races that you can choose from, kind of your standard gnomes, elves, um, that sort of thing. Gnomes are green, elves are blue, as yeah, it's of, weird. of course they are. Yeah. yeah, it's really weird, except for the gnome that they start you with, who looks like you would expect a gnome <laughs> to look like. Yeah, I don't understand. Like they, When I was playing the game, I was like, did they make a mistake? Like gnomes are green and half works are not like i feel like there's like a communication pr- breakdown or maybe they're like we do things a little bit different here at my magic <laughs> <Yeah>. three because <laughs> like the first thing i did was remember you talked about the 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 bows being important uh-huh. and i looked through it was like well i feel like i need to get like an archer or something so okay evil half orc knight all right get the fuck out yeah uh, i did the same thing i got rid of him yeah. too went yeah. hired an archer um Kind of tooled around with the equipment some, stepped out of town, took like two steps, two goblins rush up. Uh, Killed you, right? Beat my ass. Yeah. <laughs> another goblin walks back up, finishes me off. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. No fucking chance. Yeah. So then I went back, started, you know, went back, started over, um, did some more tooling around, went out, killed some goblins, took a few more steps. Suddenly I'm ambushed by an orc. <laughs> Like really demolishes me instantly. Yeah, orcs are orcs are rough. That's so the then I'm just yeah. like, God damn it! Because yeah. I mean, even watching you play through, it was just like, oh yeah, take one or two steps. Okay, monsters. Okay, now we're all almost dead. Let's go back. Okay, now we're getting attacked again. All right, all of us are dead, but one person make it back to town. Okay, okay rest. Okay, rest, heal. All right, well we're out of gold. Okay, let's go get more gold. Let's go do this. Yeah. Okay, gold. Apparently, you could put it. Into savings and collect interest? Yeah, you can put it in the bank and collect interest, which is a good thing to do because there's also a time mechanic in this game, much like, again, that reminds mm-hmm. me of Elder Scrolls, where it's like, you know, time passes. But in this game, Phil, you you were the one who discovered this and told me that um, your characters age. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they, um, they start out the, at 18 years old and... Barely legal. Every 10 days in this in this game is a week. Every 100 days is a year. And your characters can... I don't know the mechanic, how it works, but as they get older, they become, you know, infirm to the point where in they are, when they're in their 70s and 80s, you essentially have to retire them, drop them altogether because their stats drop so low that they're unusable. Which is, another, again, another, I think, a cool, cool mechanic that adds that layer of depth to it um i can i can see that playing for a long time and having your level 30 character be be an unusable old man at the end of the game probably very frustrating at that point so yeah um maybe not as fun in 
in practice as it is in concept. I think this game, especially on the in, on the SNES, would like really benefit some options where it's like you can toggle certain things, so you can customize the experience. Like I get, I get that they are going for like a simulation style game, but I feel like especially releasing this on a console where like. Look, man, if I got a Super Nintendo and I don't have a computer and I've heard of Might and Magic from like my friends who have computers and I sit down and play this, I'm going to be like completely lost, first of all. And I'm, I'm not going to have fun because it's like I, I, I'm not saying I need it dumbed down, but what I am saying is like I'm new to this. I'd like to be able to like toggle things on and off where it's like – do I do I want to level up automatically? Yes. Like you know, at the start of the game, you just go through these things, and it's like you can change your settings. I know that's like not a thing that's super common at the mm-hmm. time, but I mean, like, I I still think this would be like very beneficial to have something like that. Yeah. Well, I wonder because I know like it's also set up for you to you could completely run a gold, and people can be dead, and you're just out of a way to help. Right. So you can go and like be a day laborer. Right. 50 gold pieces a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a week actually. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a week. So it's like a it's like a bad decision because yeah. Which 50 gold is a paltry amount because you start the game with 25,000 gold mm-hmm. pieces. Which is very generous because it's yes. like I, I don't think you start out with that much money like in the DOS version. So like there yeah. is that kind of like thing where it's like cuz I remember starting the game and being like why are we adventuring? We're rich. Yeah. <laughs> like we're rich. I mean, could so my my question is, could you just have like a laborer's party for a for a <laughs> while? Like you just come in and just day labor until uh-huh. they're eighty and put all your money in the bank to collect interest while you just keep laboring and laboring and laboring and then boot them all, bring in young people, <laughs> you've got a bunch of money like off the backs of our forefathers, yeah. we will venture forth. That's the achievement title. <laughs> no, <there you laughs> on the backs right. of our forefathers <laughs> to unlock it you do that what the okay. boomers should have done so <laughs> is an elf not entitled to the sweat of his own brow <laughs> oh and then again uh when i was watching another person who's like loves these games to an extreme was like all right first thing we got to do get this orc out nope bad bad choice having this orc in there so you need it sounds it might sound like you don't want it but you have to be pretty caster heavy so you need a cleric uh a sorcerer and a druid druid is super you don't start with a druid but druid is apparently super essential that you go and get a druid you can hire one heal they can heal and they start out with the map making skill which the map is super important because this is this is a first person RPG so it's it's tough to figure out where you're going unless you have a, a mini map. Yeah, it's real real going. easy to get like disorientated. And like the elemental arrows apparently also a big deal that druids have. Man, I never had much luck with the elemental arrow. Like it feels like my success rate on hitting a monster with the elemental arrow was like maybe like 15%. Like I mean it always just felt like a Hail Mary. Yeah. There that's, are some That's one of my bigger gripes with the game mechanics is that there is an accuracy stat and if you have a low accuracy stat uh, you are not going to hit shit. See, I didn't think about that. I bet my sorcerer had a low accuracy. He probably had like a good intelligence or mind, I think it's called mm-hmm. in this game, but like he probably had a bad accuracy. Because yeah, nothing about this game at all is explained to you in game. Yeah, stru- instruction nope. booklet or GTFO. Yeah, and the instruction booklet, yeah. I mean, it, it, cover, it, it covers a lot of this stuff. There are a lot of tables in the instruction mm-hmm. manual. Like, it's a, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's a real Garth Brooks. 
Uh, I think I one of my favorite things about the game is uh, your starting party has super original names. Uh, oh, yeah. Your your cleric your cleric's name is Resurrectra. Yeah. Because wow. because of course it is. If you num, die, num, 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 she's num, gonna num, resurrect you. Uh, <laughs> resurrect you, coming at you. You remember Cleopatra? Yeah, yeah, All of right. course. Perfect, of course. Uh, and then you've got your gnome robber named Dark Shade. That's like that uh, Dark Dungeons, uh, a movie I discussed recently with Kyle Collins of Experience Grind. Because he was because he was talking about, hey, you want to come on the show? Is there any like movie or anything you want to do? I was like, have you seen Dark Dungeons? It's a movie made off a Christian tract that I remember re- oh. I, I read this tract. It's, it's about the evils of D&D and uh-huh. how it draws you into Satanism. Mm-hmm. And these people got the movie rights to this tract and made it into into a movie. And it is, it is so, so good. <laughs> so good. I've never seen it. I've heard about it, but I've never seen it. John Tron does a really Same. good breakdown. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I was like, how about, how about this? Where it's like, you you are the elf dark star, and you are the gnome bitterleaf or some shit like that. It's good. It's real good. Uh, the, I'm sorry, Phil. Go ahead. I, I would like to have that done with a, a little more accuracy. Um, I DM'd a, a game recently for a group of, of folks um, who named themselves such things as uh, Butt Thallion and Philip Marectum. <laughs> And all sorts mm-hmm. of just really, really good stuff. So I feel that's a little bit more accurate to to the Dungeons and Dragons experience. <laughs> what did you what did you name all your what did you name your, your characters, Phil? Did you stick with the standard names like Castor, the sorcerer? <laughs> <laughs> I I took the painstaking path of remaking my own party from scratch, um, doing uh, myself, d- doing it the old, old, like, middle school, elementary school style. You pick the people who you're close with and turn them into into characters. So I mm-hmm. went uh, So it's myself. Phil and then, like, five girls that you want to date. <laughs> <laughs> My wife was on there. Bulbasaur was was the druid. All right. Because um, that was her class in D&D yeah. when we played. Uh, I was the ninja. You have to have a ninja or a thief. Those are the only characters that can pick locks, and that is essential to this game uh harold harold arthur was my barbarian tyrone was my cleric there you go dave was my sorcerer all right fits. And, <laughs> and and steve harvey was my <laughs> i love that you named your paladin steve harvey man i want i'd like when you told me that you're that you had named your paladin steve harvey i was like god if i weren't already three hours into this game <laughs> i would i would form a party just full of ex and current family feud hosts <laughs> and it's like i'd have fun like figuring out who is who like who like who's louis anderson like what kind of what class is he <laughs> who who would louis That's... anderson be not an archer i don't see him as an archer uh-uh. I feel barbarian. Barbarian. Like barbarian. Just a big shirtless behemoth. <laughs> Richard Dawson, totally a gnome robber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a kiss robber. <laughs> Steals hearts. <laughs> Richard Carn. Oh, that's a toughie. That's a, Richard, that yeah, a tough. Richard Carn's a weird one. Um, he could be. I guess he could be a druid or an archer or. Okay. Something something woodsy. Yeah, he likes maps. I hear. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that one that went crazy? John O'Hurley? No. Uh John Ray Combs. That's Ray yeah, I think Ray Combs. Okay. Oh right. Yeah. yeah. Like saying he went crazy for a while and ended up committing suicide like 
His, the feud drove him too far. <laughs> so, samurai. Samurai. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> he dishonored his lord, family feud. <laughs> and on the his battlefield. Family feudal lord. <laughs> <laughs> I brought great dishonor to my family feud. <laughs> I looked up family feud hosts. People also ask, which family feud host <laughs> killed himself? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> People also ask, is weed legal? <laughs> is weed legal on family feud? <laughs> I like the UI in this game. It has an interesting uh it has an interesting interface for showing you things. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. it's it's a gargoyle based UI. Um, yes, it is. Where it's like exclusively <laughs> <laughs> right. That's one of the things. That, okay, so we didn't like really describe like we described that this game is a first person role playing mm-hmm. game, but we didn't describe that you essentially that view is maybe like a quarter of your screen. Yep. Yeah, like one quarter of the screen is first person. Like imagine you're playing Goldeneye with three friends. Uh, but your three friends are just menus and portraits. Uh, can, can you imagine playing this game on like a 12 inch oh, no. screen back in, back in 1995? No, <laughs> I, no. I mean like, yeah, I don't know how people did it because it's like literally you got a quarter of the screen that's like showing you your environment, monsters, mm-hmm. castles, mirror walls. And it's like that's it. That's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's a, that's a limited scope. But it's like okay, so to help you like get an to to aid you, your senses in this game, right? Uh, beside your sense of sight is a gargoyle at the top of that frame mm-hmm. uh, that, when an enemy is nearby, will open and close its mouth. So that is, that is danger sense. That is one of your secondary skills that dwarves start with. Okay. Hey, hey, hey yeah. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> and sometimes it'll go off, and you'll like turn around looking for the source, and it's like I don't see anything. Uh, and then you'll see the sprite of an orc clipping through a mountain that it can't pass. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I see an orc's foot coming to that mountain, so I'm probably okay. Arrow, 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 arrow. <laughs> Uh, which also that that reminds me of Elder Scrolls, but it's like you know when you're going into stealth and you get that eye indicator, mm-hmm. and it's like when you're when you're seen, it's like a bright open eye. It kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Uh, then there's a there's a little gargoyle hanging out on the left side of the screen, and if his wings are flapping, it means you're levitating, dog. Oh, okay. Uh, As you can see, if you're walking over stuff that hurts you, you get fucked up. Oh yeah, real you get fucked quick. up real bad. Yes. Yeah, and they do not hesitate to throw those at you in dungeons. Like the last dungeon I was in, this literally happened to me: floor pit, floor pit, floor pit down a hallway, and it's like I have to go down this hallway. I don't have the levitate spell, so I guess once we get to the end of this hallway, we're all going to take a nap in the dungeon. <laughs> and then when I try to take a nap, a message pops up that says. Hey, if you sleep here, you're probably going to die. Are you sure you want to sleep? <laughs> yeah, I, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> or I guess not. Pit. It's, it's just pit, very good. Pit to get back to town. Nice DM. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's true. It, it is nice like to have a master. warning. Hey, yeah, you can rest here, but you know, you probably will die. Someone will kill, cut your throat in your, in your sleep. <laughs> Are you sure you want to rest here? <laughs> uh, and then there's the third, the third gargoyle uh, who hangs out at the bottom right. And he lets you know if there is a secret passage uh, nearby. That's, like if you're standing next a to a secret passage, he starts waving his arm. Yeah, uh, and that's a skill that gnomes start with, and you—that's 
something that you guys can learn as well. And then when you discover a secret passageway, you got to bash it down, uh, which hurts you. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to kick this wall. You ever kicked a wall before? It's going to fucking it's, hurt. It's going to hurt. Hey, but you Holy want treasure? Looks fine. <laughs> <laughs> they make you do it in town, too, yeah. to access yeah. like areas of town that you think they would open up to the public. Uh, but they don't. And then, like, in Fountainhead, the first town, like, you have to, like, bash down some gates to get to uh, the sewers uh, where you you're, you undertake your first quest, which is hidden. Um, without, like, poking around the menus, you'd have no idea, oh, I have a quest. Mm. Um, what they do at, when, you, when you sleep or leave town, uh, the townspeople rebuild those gates. Uh, so anytime you want to access that part of town again, you gotta bust. You gotta bust the gates down again. So my theory is the laborer that you speak to, to for fifty gold a week, you just build gates in town uh, that people tear down to get to places they need to go. <laughs> or it's like I got some I got some silver skulls to turn into the weirdo who collects these things, but in order to do it, I gotta bust down this gate. Could we make a gate that lowered? Shut your mouth. <laughs> Although you did uh, find, completely by accident, a pretty good glitch. Oh, yeah, (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) Which, uh, when I was explaining that glitch uh, in in Twitch, uh, someone said, oh, you you didn't know about the gilded skeleton? And I was like, is that a thing? And they were like, no. Because, <laughs> like, like, that's how fucking, like, obtuse and weird this mm-hmm. game is. Like, that would make sense. Where it's like, because, like, so many things are random. Like, you know, the, the items you see in the blacksmith and shit like that. Like, so many things are random that I totally would buy. Oh, yeah. One out of, of 12,000 times you play this game, Gilded Skeleton shows up. And you kill it, and you get maximum gold, which is 100% what happened to me. I shot a skeleton with an arrow, went over and like got 267 million gold and I can't remember how many gems, but it was just like, I'm set. Like I don't have to worry about gold ever again. Uh, and then earn interest 1% per day. That's that's 2 million gold a day. Retire. You've done. It's done. Game Game over. Uh, what I should have done was saved the game immediately uh, but what I uh, what actually happened was Henry tripped over the SNES Classic and uh, reset the game, so uh, so I lost that gold. So, but it's fine. I wanted to. I play, it was, then I got to play the game as it was meant it's to be fine. played. I wouldn't get a new son. Yeah, it's <laughs> fine. Hank, <laughs> he's kind of like Henry, but not. <laughs> he, he's real solid footed. Yeah. He doesn't trip on anything. He actually has no legs. He's so got a, got a third leg. He's very stable. <laughs> So Phil, you're keep playing this. There's another pop culture reference besides Baywatch. There's Mr. Wizard. Oh, I forgot about Mr. Wizard. Mr. Wizard's in this game. If if you're lost, you can you can select Mr. Wizard in the menu, and he will transport you back to Fountainhead and take away an entire experience level from all your characters. And then he will show you a mediocre science experiment. (laughs) (laughs) If you rub a balloon on your head and then put it next to water. And it'll attract it. Look at that. Look at that little fountain, little water fountains doing a little dance. It's taking away a whole level. That's fucking super brutal. Like, yeah. why not just die and go back at that point? Well, it, it depends on where you <laughs> saved, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, no, once I learned that Mr. Wizard, because to- to- like in the beginning, I was just abusing it. I was like, 
I know a one way ticket back to town, and that is Mr. Wizard. So it's like <laughs> I would get done with a dungeon, not be fine on health, and be like, shortcut to town, Mr. Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when it's like when uh, that episode of The Simpsons where Homer has a gun and he just decides to use the gun for everything just because <laughs> it's there. Like that's how I was with Mr. Wizard. It was just like, well, we got Mr. Wizard. They'll take care of that. <laughs> so open this door here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Do you want to get into the backstory at all for this game? Please. Do it to it. Because I don't know it. I started reading it, and I noped the fuck out really hard. I've, I've got it pulled up, and I, I'm not sure I can I can summarize this in a way that is remotely digestible. I want to make it um, harder for you. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Here's how I want to make it harder. You explain the story of the game, and then you tell me how it is relevant to the party that I'm playing as. You cut out there. Tell me. Tell you how it's relevant to what? The party that you're playing as. I I, I don't know that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like when I started reading the story, I was like, this at no point in the game like ever comes up to like this. It's like the what's happening in the game is like just couldn't. It's just like running parallel to the adventure that I'm having. <laughs> Mister Wizard recruited you all. There, go. <laughs> right. It's fine. All right. So I'm sorry, Phil. <laughs> what, what? Tell me. Tell me the story, please. So at the end of Might and Magic Two, your players discover that the world of Kron in Might and Magic Two is a massive spacefaring colonization vessel developed by powerful beings called the Ancients. There is an evil ancient, or at least an evil creature that the ancients created called Sheltum, who is the antagonist for that game and is also the antagonist of this game. Sheltum, uh, I barely know him. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, the, this is yeah. this kind of comes to it as a surprise because I played this game for I feel like a long enough time where like if there were some like science fiction stuff in it, surely it would have come up. Well, this game is That's... Scientology. You don't forget about Xeno until, like, <laughs> level 7. It gets way down there. Might and Magic 3, colon, Scientology, <laughs> the game. <laughs> it's. I remember this from, from Might and Magic 6. This is um, a, a common trope in the whole series is that the end of the game, it's revealed that you are you are in kind of a science fantasy universe and, and the world that you are in. Each of the Might and Magic games exists on a world out in space somewhere usually some sort of like space vessel in this case it is it is kind of a colonization um that the ancients had created for sheltum to look over sheltum says f that and tries to destroy the world and fly the world into the sun uh but but the ancients create another uh creature called korak who you get hints from korak throughout the game in the form of written notes whenever you you go into new towns you can access um, that's one of the one of the the menu items. Oh, so that's who's leaving the notes, saying things yeah. like, "There's ooze coming out of the fountains. Find out yeah. why." We you, are we are on a flying spaceship going into the sun. That that'd been nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He didn't want to overwhelm us with information right from the beginning. Um, but yeah, that's that's revealed um, throughout. I think towards the end of the game, from from what I'm reading, um, the climax of the game is is you go to one of these pyramids. That is um, uh, the the uh, power um, for this for this structure for this colonization world and for the Korak. Planet. Yeah, Korak and Sheltum are dueling to the death in this in the in the power center of this, and um, you interfere, allowing Sheltum to escape through an escape pod and fly 
away and you have to chase him down. Um, so, so you really get into the space stuff later on. Like uh, it's like, in, it, like it's not just a narrative thing. Like you go to, like you go into outer space. In theory, this is, I, I am literally just kind of paraphrasing this from a website. Um, it's fine. So. Cause no one knows. No one's finished this game. <laughs> <laughs> It is it is unknowable, um, but I, I do remember that from from other uh, Might and Magic games, and then the offshoot Heroes of Might and Magic. Um, there are cataclysmic events that force your your characters and players to go through portals to go to another world um, on another planet and colonize through through that way. So it's 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 always been part of the series, but it's kind of this, this reveal at the end that you don't, don't know about until, until you get to the end. I don't like it. (laughs) 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 I'm not a fan because it like, I get it. If it's like a reoccurring thing, I guess I, I don't know. I guess, I don't know. It's nice to tie it all together, but at the same time, like seriously with might and magic three, like being my first one, like if I played it to the end and then all of a sudden, like, the dude like gets into a spaceship and flies off. I would be like, I would feel like, like I am being held hostage. The game's like, well, you got 80 hours in, you're going to finish it or not. Like just do it. Just try to make it. What's your life worth? Come on. Come on. We dare you. (laughs) Right. Come on. Quit. Sunk cost fallacy. Prove us wrong. Exactly. That's that's I mean that is why people were so upset with the finale of Game of Thrones. They felt it was. Did they go to space? Spoilers. Danny and John board a spaceship and, and fly <laughs> to the moon. Yeah, there's been there's been no moratorium on Game of Thrones spoilers whatsoever. Like, nah. everyone kept in game to themselves, so it was just like, man, Game of Thrones, this 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 free game. Like, but, so yeah, it, it uh, has thoroughly and completely been spoiled for me in like every aspect. I don't know if I've shared this with you or not. Uh, I, I especially don't know if I've shared it on the show. But this is my tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. I think HBO is behind that. Like, I really think HBO is behind, like, let's propagate these spoilers, and then people are going to be like, shit, this is getting spoiled for me. Subscribe. <laughs> okay. I mean, it, right. it, did force, right. it did force me to watch it early and fast. Now, I, you're not wrong. So I don't know. Like, I, I, look, I, I don't... I know about as much about marketing as, like, your average graphic designer. Uh, <laughs> and that little bit I know about it is, uh, I mean... It's effective, and it's like I imagine HBO is probably pretty fucking good at it. Uh, I just don't know if they're that good. I don't know if they're like let's let's I don't know hire some memers to like make a whole bunch of fucking memes and <laughs> propagate them on what, social what do you media do for a living. I'm a memer. I'm a memer, <laughs> a grandmaster memer, a neener neener memer. <laughs> I started from I started from journeyman and worked all my way up. I don't know if journeyman's the bottom. I guess that would be apprentice, apprentice. probably. Yeah. Like Yeoman, that's novice, a novice, apprentice, <laughs> journeyman. Now I'm just thinking of Final Fantasy ranks and crafting. Sure, the entire R Free Folk subreddit is all HBO employees. That's what is that subreddit? I'm not familiar with that one. Free, free, excuse me, Free Folk. Um, it is, it is essentially the the subreddit for people to shit on Game of Thrones um, <laughs> openly and and uh, joyfully. Oh. People got a lot of time, huh? <laughs> yep. <laughs> are you a People, are you a huh? shitter or not? I mean, let me I can't let, say I've enjoyed I've enjoyed the past couple seasons compared to the first five or so. Are you ready for another hot audio meme? <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, mm. so Play it on me. 
I think of this because uh, Phil, I saw you post this. Uh, think of a the a beautiful horse being drawn, and it's very detailed. Uh, the tail <laughs> looks so good. So so much time was spent on this tail. It's the best. Horse All right. Ass. All right. Now the horse's behind leg. Okay, it looks pretty good. The horse's back. Okay, getting a little sketchy. Getting a little sketchy. Horse's front leg. Uh, that kind of looks like a stick. The horse's face. Just a circle with a smile on it. <laughs> <laughs> and now look at the bottom of it. Oh, it looks like it's season one of Game of Thrones on the left, moving into season eight. Yep. <laughs> Audio meme. You're welcome. Man, so good. <laughs> so good. Brilliant. Picture of Gandalf waving his head up and down. <laughs> I had something to say about Game of Thrones, but I forgot what it was. Oh, well, I remember it. You get it. Later. That's eventually. okay. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> So, Phil, are you going to keep playing this and we'll check in with you to see how your progress has gone? Ooh, I like it. We'll have our own Might of Magic 3 correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> on the, Phil's on the beat. No. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Truck 8 Silence is going to ruin your oh, perfect <laughs> comedic timing there. <laughs> well, do you have anything else to um, say about I, Please, I had on. considered. I had considered potentially playing this game further, but, I, you know, it was hard at first. Then I kind of got drawn into the potential of this game. And then it got to the point where it was just so frustrating to navigate through that I just, I, I kind of like, like I, I'm 36. I have so many more important things to do with my time than bragger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> than spend 100 hours navigating this game. Um, so Ooh, I've so got no. a wife and a son and a career. <laughs> 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 uh, I thought about finishing this game. I really did. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I could like just play this in my off time. Uh, yeah. But then like, I got to that dungeon I was talking about that was like pit floor, pit floor, pit floor. Mm -hmm. And I really, like, this is the one I streamed. And I was like, I was really trying to like get through that dungeon. Uh, and then I died. And I still had 30 minutes left in the stream. But I was like, you know what? I think I've just done playing this game because <laughs> I don't really... No, I, I don't know how long it's going to take me to get to this dungeon. And I, like, I can't commit to that. So I am done. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm just done with the game. Yep. And and I you were it. still on the first of like 10 different islands that you yep. travel to. Yeah. Very early like in the this game. Is, this is a massive, expansive game. Which could be much shorter, like Tyler said earlier, if 80% <laughs> of your time playing it wasn't spent scrolling through menus on a controller. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. yeah. I do like the game over screen. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you die, uh, like a dragon's mouth closes in on the screen. Mm -hmm. Like it's eating your, it's like, it, it's like you're playing, you're playing GoldenEye, remember? Uh, and it eats, it eats your screen. Dragon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like uh, the worst of the whammies and press your luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you guys have any achievements for Might and Magic 3 Isles of Terra? No. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, do you? Uh, off the backs of our forefathers. Yes, spend, right, of uh, course. Spend a generation uh, in labor for the future, the future party. All right. Um, How uh, much money do you think you'd make doing that? Probably not very not much. Not a lot, no. right? We have to go through like mm -hmm. 10 generations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could just set up like a script, right, that's just like dedicated to that. Like mm -hmm. you know how like – I don't know. 
when oh when I played UO, I would set up a macro, like an automated macro, like overnight, and then like wake up mm. and be like, "Yay, I'm I'm a GM fisherman." <laughs> uh, you could do that, and then like come back in the morning, and be like, "I have one thousand gold." Yeah, yeah pretty <laughs> then, much. Then, uh, then see. Uh, AD&D Homebrew. You unlock that by making your own party from scratch. So, Phil, you unlock that. I have a Ooh. spinoff of that achievement, and it's called ADD uh, yeah. <laughs> Group. And it's like you don't stop making characters. You, you just make a character, yeah. and then you're like, all right, let's make another this character. fun. Yeah, this is fun. Let's just make yeah. characters. So what you do is you you spend 50 hours, which is how long uh, the howlongtobeat.com said this game would mm-hmm. take. You just spend 50 hours just making characters. Uh, Nature's Vengeance. That's when you play with nothing but druids. All right. All druid party. Okay. Not opening many chests. Nope, not at all. You don't need them. <laughs> Actually, I think you, I think you <laughs> don't you like to save the the first guy in town that for that first quest. I think you have to pick a lock because he's like he's like a gaseous man who's hidden <laughs> inside a chest. What two guys, a girl, and a ninja, and that is where you just make a party with two guys, a girl, and a ninja. Okay. And you can unlock your chests. All right. All right. Um, that's all I got. That was really good because I know you came up with all of those off the top of your head. Oh, I'm, I'm very impressed. Uh, I'm not much better. I didn't make any of my own. I just got them from Twitch chat. Uh, the first achievement I got is coming from Josh ATC, and that achievement is Phil saves the day. In order to unlock Phil saves the day, uh, you unlock that when you are enlightened by Phil Hawkins on how to properly save the game after playing for seven hours. <laughs> uh, which Josh is being generous. I feel like I was more. I had more hours into it before Phil told me how to save the game, because I was just saving at uh, ends. I thought that's how you save the game, but nope. You can move your cursor over to the diamond, and uh, which is also your compass, and you can save the game from there. So, pro tip. Uh, next achievement I got is coming in from Doc Doc Bustos, uh, and uh, that achievement is Insane Ailment Posse. And in, in order to unlock Insane Ailment Posse, you unlock that when your entire party is afflicted with the Insane Ailment, my ninja, uh, which is very, very possible to do in the dungeon that I was in because there were a bunch of floating heads that, Phil, I think you said looked like Ted Koppel. Uh, <laughs> tex Koppel. Text Koppel. Their mouths open comically and scream at you uh, and make you insane. Yeah, How'd- they they look like um, business Imhotep just opening <laughs> his mouth wide. <laughs> uh, and the last, the, ach- I'm sorry, Phil. Go the, ahead. I was just going to say that the the character, <laughs> the monster animations are are pretty entertaining. And you know, going through scrolling through the different monsters that we didn't get to see, yeah, it looks like they get. Um, just shit <laughs> crazier. We didn't. We get a chance. Didn't get a chance to see um, big titty goth uh, mm, stone giant, I which know. I was really hoping to. Yeah, uh, which does exist. Like, but the other thing is, it's like the other thing is everything's pretty much redrawn for the SNES. So it's yeah. like if you like look at a moose rat in the SNES version of the game and compare it to the DOS version, they're completely different. I mean, they both look yeah. like rats, but they're just drawn differently. The gnome cruise. Cruz Pratt with his <laughs> with his band Moose Rat <laughs> Elk Mouse. <laughs> uh, the last achievement I got is coming from uh, T Goodman, uh, Tommy Two, but only I'm allowed to call him that. Uh, is Empty Banana Hammock. In order to unlock Empty Banana Hammock, you need to uh, search a skeleton's loincloth, only to find jewelry, probably a cock ring. 
uh, because not only are there chests in the game, but uh, there is a dungeon that is just full of skeletons cock hanging rings. from walls. Yeah, it's just full of cock rings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the, the font where all cock rings in the Isles of Terra come from. The cock ring mine. The cock ring matrix. Finally. <laughs> That's all I got. I've got, I've, I've got one that I just came up with on the fly. Excellent. It is called Death Bog, the bog that eats people. <laughs> <laughs> and you get that by getting to the region of Death Bog, which What do you get when you bad. What do you get when you get to uh, Mutant Mountains? You cut out again or I am cutting out. What do you get when, what achievement do you unlock when you get to Mutant Mountains? Um um something X-Men related. <laughs> <Yeah>. Something cl- <laughs> something that's, something Kitty Pride. <laughs> that's that's literally something X-Men related. Mag- <laughs> Magneto was right. Get to the Mutant Mountains <laughs> and die. <laughs> I got some questions for you boys. Yeah. Are you ready? Mhm. Hell yes. I want to know how much this game is. If you were to buy Might and Magic 3 colon, the Isles of Terra used for the Super Nintendo, how much do you think you would pay for it on average? Tyler, you go first. See, I feel like Phil probably has a gem on his hands. Yeah. Because I imagine there's not, not many copies of this game floating around out there. So I'm going to aim high at like $62. $62? $62. All right. Phil, what do you think? I'm I'm gonna go on the low end, and I think I think it's around fourteen ninety five. All right, fourteen ninety five. Actual retail value of Might and Magic Three: Colon the Isles of Terra loose for the Super Nintendo on according to PriceCharting.com at the time of this recording is twenty dollars, twenty dollars even. Oh damn, damn. Is it worth it? Um, no. Hmm. no from Phil. I guess it depends on your circumstances. Are you are are you or planning are am, you planning am, on being am, on a desert island? Is it 1994? 20 bucks? Absolutely. Yeah. Is it <laughs> is it 2019? 20 bucks? Nah. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. On a on a price per hour basis, you will you will get your money back. That's true. You will you will be spending pennies per hour of on on this entertainment. You guys want to take a stab at how much this game uh, goes for new? $89. What do you think, Phil? $65. $149.77. Dang. Dang. And let's face it, that's probably that's probably the game slapped in a fake printed box. <laughs> did you keep your box, Phil? Your box in your instruction manual? <laughs> I think I think I bought this loose from uh, a local game store um, back wizard. in my 20s. <laughs> yeah, the local wizard. The, you got it from the local apothecary. <laughs> Tyler. Yes, Dave. I've had a lot of fun today. Yeah, man. Talking about Might and Magic 3. Spend time with Phil. Hanging out with our friend Phil. Yeah. It's been nice. Oh, yes. But before we close things out, mm-hmm. I have two more questions for you. Mm-hmm. The first of which is, Tyler, yes, if you were to give this game a beard that sums up how you feel about it, what kind of beard would it be? I would give it uh, the beard of a dwarven chia pet. So it's a chia pet shaped like a dwarf where you can grow its beard. Okay. But you have to grow its beard one sprout at a time. <laughs> and if you misplace any one sprout, they all die. <laughs> all right. Tyler. Yes, Dave. If you were to give this game a pair of glasses, mm-hmm. that sums up how you feel about it. What kind of glasses would it be? I would give it a special, magical, super jeweler's monocle. 
to where it has all sorts of different lenses and mm. and shapes and shades and the right combination. You can look and automatically identify any magic item. Mm. But you have to craft it yourself, and all you have is a chunk of iron ore and some sand. <laughs> all right. I, I can dig that analogy. Also, I'd like to point out that when I was a child, I desperately wanted a Chia Pet. Um, and I'm glad I didn't get one because later in life, um, also known as this year, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Black of several episodes fame, uh, got one and brought it into work. Those things fucking stink. Oh, really? They stink. Yeah. Because uh, we got, uh, artsy AJ for her birthday, uh, Bob Ross Chia Pet. She was very excited about it. Haven't seen her use it yet. So maybe yep. she started to, and was like, nah. <laughs> Uh, maybe the Duck Dynasty Chia Pet was uh, just like made super stinky on purpose. Like maybe that's like a like a selling feature. <laughs> Smells like real duck blinds. <laughs> but I don't know. I just assumed it's all Chia. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good times, good times. That's it. That's all I got. There's well, only got one it. more thing to do, I think. All right. I, f- I feel like we did a much better job talking about this game than than we've done in a while. Than any other Might of Magic three podcast That's true. in existence. I challenge another <laughs> Might of Magic three podcast. I don't know. Yeah, Phil, did you look? Are there? Is there another Might of Magic three podcast out there? I, when I searched for Might and Magic three Isles of Terra podcast, nothing came up. We did it. So the world's premiere Might yep. and Magic three colon <laughs> the Isles of Terra. I challenge episode. all of our friends who have video game podcasts to also do an episode <laughs> of Night Magic 3, The Isles of Terra. We dare you. Experience Grind Nerd Thursday, Hops and Heroes, Digital Cartridge, come on. Do it. Loaded Cart, we gotta, you got to do it cart, too. that's true. You thought you got out of no, this, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, almost. You didn't. Octopus, do it. Yeah, do some <laughs> yeah, videos. Right in the middle do of your some, Smash Brothers videos. Some tutorials. Too, right? Just every every other one is a <laughs> Magic Three Isles of Terra walkthrough. How to play as Gnome Robber. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna main Gnome Robber, what yeah, do you gotta do? Right? You gotta watch for that gargoyle to wave his arm. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't know this, but that's that's the main thing. Oh shit. What, catch penny gaming? Come on, I gotta keep, gotta keep going. <laughs> gotta do, yeah, gotta do it. You all have to do it. Mm-hmm. You wanna know? Uh, you wanna figure out what we're gonna play next? God, yes. Fuck yes. Come on. All right. Yeah, we're gonna <sighs> consult the randomizer. Add our prayer mat. Uh-huh. All right. Light some candles. Face our mat in a random direction. Is that perfect? Uh huh. All of us different directions. Yep. Close your eye. Well, you have to like uh, wild and crazy kids blindfold ourselves. <laughs> spin around on a bat. Spin around. <laughs> yes. Whole bunch of times, and then yeah, then we set we point. Man, wild and crazy kids. Anytime wild and crazy kids is brought up, I think about <laughs> that fucking Space Invaders episode where they do real life Space Invaders with uh, water balloons. They have like kids line up like an army. And then they just throw water balloons off of like the the roof of a studio, <laughs> and if a kid's hit with a water balloon, they're out. It's pretty good. We should do that. I know. Next prom. Sh- yeah. Let's from, or- from the top of the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the water balloons are filled with the Angermeister. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you ready? You yes, ready? Uh-huh. Let's consult the randomizer. All hail the randomizer. All hail the randomizer. Boop, boop. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. May he saith once more as he spake upon the earth, no whammies, stop. 605. Hmm, okay, so it's not 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 early. It's not Alfred Chicken. 605. Super Strike 
Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Has anyone heard of this game? I assume it's a uh, like military side scrolling military like type shooter. I don't know. Super strike eagle, or you just you just get a baseball bat and you go hit eagles. <laughs> or yeah, yeah, it's a baseball game with eagles. Like they they shoot eggs at you and then you hit it with a bat. Or it's a bowling game. That'd probably be Super Strike Turkey though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I want to know what it is. I want to see if we can find the connection. How how has the randomizer blessed us? Prepare or to be us? disappointed. Oh yeah. Are you on it, Phil? What is it? It is a a jet like dog fighting. I like game. dog fighting games. Okay. So it's like pilot wings, but with an F-15. Okay. All right. I might be into this. Okay. And worse graphics. Oh, uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. It, it looks like um, someone wiped their butt with mode seven. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think you coined a new phrase that we can use to help market this podcast. Uh, I love this intro screen that's just Super Strike Eagle in like the Star Trek font. All right. Uh, and then just a picture of a Super Nintendo controller. <laughs> Oh, man, it's going to be fun doing art for the next episode. (laughs) It has been so fucking hard to make the art look decent for the games that we've been talking about. Hopefully it's got excellent box art. So who out there is familiar with combat flight simulators? Anybody? Come on. (laughs) What's the connection here? Oh, yeah. I think the randomizer is... We've got a week to figure out what what wisdom the randomizer has mm-hmm. in coming up with this. Yeah, it's true. I don't see the I don't see the matrix in this one. Well, okay. Well, I'm gonna stretch because it's like because I do have a pilot wings feel from it, and I do know one one long lost friend who does love pilot wings. So maybe he'll be interested. Hashtag maybe more Miller. You're goddamn right. Yeah, let's get Maybe Miller. Maybe could bring Sean Miller back to let's us. Let's try to get Miller. He would probably hate this game. Yep. Then that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just wind Miller up. Just yeah. let him go. Yeah, I still really want to do an episode on Cat Mario with Miller. Oh, God, fuck yeah. I, I want to... Yes, I want to invite <laughs> Miller over to my house and just, like, set him down in front of Cat Mario and be like, I'll be right next to you, buddy. Go ahead. <laughs> you, I'm going to go sit up here in the side of the room. You just yeah. go, what the fuck is this game? Just play it. It's fine. Just play it. Every time you die, I'm gonna throw an egg at you. <laughs> <laughs> if you make it to the end, every level you make it to the end, here's twenty dollars. <laughs> I don't think Miller could be bought like that. <laughs> <laughs> and by the end, he'll be giving you twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. The next episode is over. Super, Super strike, strike, strike eagle. 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 I tried to say that with you guys, but I think it's probably going to come through delayed. Yeah, so I also forgot eagle by the end. Super strike beagle. Yeah. Eagle. I eagle. wish everyone could have seen the panic on Tyler's face. I already forgot. What was the name of the uh, bar in Three's Company? The Regal Beagle? Was that it? Uh, I don't know. You said Beagle. I didn't, I didn't I, watch. Well, Beagle, I was just thinking Super Strike Beagle is like the Red Baron and Snoopy. Yeah, it's like a Snoopy <laughs> game. Totally. There was a great Snoopy dogfighting game. <laughs> there really, there honestly was on, on Xbox 360. Damn. Yeah. It was probably, I probably enjoyed it because I was really good at it. And I was really good at it because it was me playing with a bunch of children. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. What do all do I say? So don't miss the next episode. Super Strike Eagle. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I got to burp a little bit on that one. Uh, we got some other shit like, um, hey, Tadpog, we're on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We're, um, I'm, I'm very happy our amount of likes makes me feel very good. I'm very happy. 
So you can find our episode announcements, some general info on the Tadpog page. But if you want the real, not a lot of action, real shit, yeah, not a lot of action yeah, on yeah. the page. The, that that deep shit. The actions in the group, yeah. Tadpog Nation uh-huh. behind behind the paywall uh-huh. of you asking to come in. That's it. Yeah, yeah, so pretty much. Yeah, you just <laughs> asked if you can get in there. Uh, let's see, shirts. Shirts.tapog.com. Mm-hmm. We've got another one in the works. Yes. Remember when we made a call out to Jonathan Wilson oh. to make a Tad Dogs t-shirt? Oh, fuck. We have been in contact. Oh, man. He came through in such an amazing, amazing way. Yep. It's not done yet, but it's a great start. Yeah. An excellent start. Tapog underscore podcast on Instagram. If you want to send us something, uh Typo Studios, Care of the Colon Ants, P.O. Box 3785, Duke, Kentucky, 4202. You can call us, 270-883-2555. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we've got a Twitter, Typog underscore podcast. It's on cucumbersome. Twitter. It's mm-hmm. cucumbersome. I, I, I realize. I realize. Mm-hmm. Um, and hey, you want to leave us a review on like iTunes? That'd be cool. Uh, I need to still need to give away that other that get, other got one more Ryu hoodie. Yeah, one more Ryu hoodie. I got to give away, and I still need to send Nate Glines his. It's been a it's been a rough week. <laughs> Man, I hope he's not bummed out waiting in, waiting at his mailbox every day. Going to his mailbox and be like, is today the day I get the hoodie? He's in Utah. It's 20 miles no. away, and he has to walk out there. <laughs> so, uh, but hey, iTunes review. Uh, we, we love them. I'll pull stuff from there. And hey, say if there's like a game you want us to play, mm-hmm. leave it in your iTunes review. And we promise we will get to that. When we're done with the randomizers list. So buckle up. It's going to be <laughs> 11 years from now. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I make no commitments now. I make no no com- like random. I am in randomizer mode. You have activated. Mm-hmm. You have activated my focus, uh-huh. and I, it's it's on right now. I've given you a god to believe in for the yeah, first time yeah. ever. Yeah, it's, and it feels <laughs> about what I felt like it would feel like. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, like a lot of labor. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm also uh, we're on Twitch. I'll be streaming Super Strike Eagle. On Sunday at 8.30 Central, if you'd like to come and join and hang out, uh, check out how good the game is. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a Super Strike Eagle fan, come please join and like tell me how to play the game. Um, I will say that it is really fun. Uh, Phil and Tyler, it was really fun like talking to you about Might and Magic 3 as I was playing it. Like, just, like, I mean, that was, like, really cool. Mm-hmm. Just to, like, swap, like, stories and tips it's and like stuff like that. It is. Yeah, it's like the playground. So mm-hmm. I guess that's a long way of me saying, come to come to twitch.tv slash tadpog uh, and underscore podcast. <laughs> it's cucumbersome. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's that's the playground. That's the playground. We got a Patreon if you yeah, enjoyed this. Uh, I urge you to, to kick in a buck and you get access to a whole bunch of bonus content uh, that we've done on there. Uh, we've got a whole like waifu pillow shoot that people seem to really enjoy. Uh, our most recent uh, Patreon bonus episode is us with Brainy Jr. And I, wanna, I want to enunciate Brainy Jr. because several people have told me that up until that bonus episode release, they assumed she was Brady Jr. So Brainy, Brainy, Brainy. Junior, mm-hmm. uh, it's a really good episode. I realize I have a bunch of kids, but not Brady Junior. Brainy, Brainy Junior. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find us there. Uh, just search for Tadpog on Patreon, and um, we'd appreciate it. Hell yeah, Phil! Thank you so much for your labor. Thank of love you guys playing this game and coming on, and it's wonderful. It's yeah, wonderful man, episode. really, really good to, to to have you back on. Yeah, this has been fantastic. I'm already looking forward for the next time. 
I have the Beholder or Wizardry Five. <laughs> yeah, because you gave Master, me you got a pretty classic, a pretty good like twenty five thirty game list, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty light. Okay, you can get him a hundred. We've got six hundred more. I could come over like a hundred of them. <laughs> I also yeah. made the same offer to Kyle Collins, and he gave me like four. And I was like, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, like, Phil gave me like 25. <laughs> I mean, I literally just went through my collection. and was just like, I own this. You know, I divided it into games that I own and I have some sort of connection to that I like or dislike. And games that I own like this one and have just like, meh. It's a shoulder shrug. So I have I have many more of those shoulder shrug games than I have like games that I actually am passionate about mm-hmm. in one way. Phil, so. we're happy to give you a reason to play games that you are ambiguous about. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. This thing I was pretty meh about, and I had a, a great time doing this. So, um, so yeah, anything, anything and everything, I'm excited to get back on. Cool, man. Yeah. Uh, well, our theme song is Moose. Let's see more drive. Link that track in the show notes How you guys want to close this out? as our favorite family feud host. All right. Ooh, okay. <clears throat> kind of think, make a decision, kind of rehearse it in my head. How does it sound? I don't want to sound racist, so I'll go with a different one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all, it's Steve Harvey, but we don't know if we'll all say, go with Steve Harvey. <laughs> okay. All right. Are we all ready? Yep. Okay. Yep. So until next time, Tropical Capricorn. I don't think so. Louis Anderson. Yeah, you're Louis Anderson. Yeah, Phil? Richard Karn. Okay, I was Dick Dawson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone could tell. Everyone yeah, could tell. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, we, now we have to kiss on Mike to get, the, get that Foley for Richard Dawson. All right, one more time. <laughs> <laughs> How do you horribly penis somebody? I'll show you one more time. That's a drawn together reference for new body. <laughs> oh, yeah. For real, real. <laughs> Not for play-play. Play. <laughs> God, that was a good show. It was a good show. Uh, the other night, um, the other night, I I farted, and it was the fart was so hot that I thought I had shit myself. Like, oh, no. I farted, like, sitting down. Like, I didn't lift a cheek up. I just was like, eh, it's coming out. And I farted, and it, like, got trapped in that space between my thighs and my balls. And it was, like, just, like, it just felt like a mass, uh-huh. a hot mass. And I was like, I shit myself. That's 100% humidity. Yeah, and that's what it was. I I stood up and immediately felt better. That's my favorite Dave Matthews song. <laughs> The space between my thighs and balls. <laughs> <laughs> uh.